so today we're going to look at one simple thing. We're really just going to look at one verse this morning. And what I want to look at is that new beginnings are often small beginnings. They often start small. And it's good to have big goals and believe that God wants to do big things in us and through us because he does. He absolutely wants to do big things. But most things, when they start, start small. So think about an embryo. The beginning of life is so tiny. Business. Most businesses, I would wager, do not start with 100 employees bringing in a ton of cash. Most businesses start smaller than that. Plants and trees and and things in nature, they start with a seed. Building a new building starts with clearing the foundation. You don't throw four walls and a roof up. You have to clear the land. It's a small beginning. Even experience. Think about experience. Nobody is born with experience, right? You have to start somewhere. It has to be your first year, your first day, your first week at a job. My first job I ever had, I I was reminded of this story this weekend. I was a waitress for a little breakfast uh, spot and it was like my my summer between I ended my sophomore year and I was going to be a junior and so I was a waitress for the first time at this little breakfast place it was just open from like 6 a.m. to noon uh, it was just for breakfast and so I had never done it before so there was one day that there was on the counter there was some food that wasn't plated the same way it normally is for the restaurant and so, for some reason I don't exactly know how I got here in my thinking, but I got this idea that this was just extra food that they didn't need, like that someone had ordered and didn't want. And so I was like, oh, how nice. I will just eat it. (laughs) And so I ate this food that was set aside. I was like, oh, how lovely. They just made some extra food for the employees. Uh, Someone came in and and said, I'd like to pick up my to-go order. And I thought, oh, I didn't know we did that here. And so I said, oh, let me go talk to the, the cook. The chef was the owner of the business. It was just a small little place. So I went to him and I said, there's someone here to pick up their to-go order. And he proceeded to go to the area of the food that I thought was just like the free food area. And, he, and so he's looking, he's like, where, where? And he's like, did you see food here? I, I did. I did, in fact, see food sitting there. Yes. He said, where, where is it? I said, well, in fact, I ate it. <laughs> You guys, I still feel embarrassed to this day. That feeling of embarrassment has never gone away. And he he just kind of was like, he just like threw his hands up in the air and was like, and so he ran back to the stove. He's like, tell them it'll be five minutes. And he uh, had to make the meal again and he, and he gave it to the guy. And so once the customer left, he came back to me. He just said, please don't eat any more to-go orders. <laughs> and I said, that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I'm not going to do that again. I know now. So experience. You don't just have experience. You have to start. You have to begin. You have to learn that there are to-go orders that aren't just up for anyone to eat. Okay. So it's actually quite challenging to think of anything. Maybe you can think of some things, but it's challenging to think of anything that at the start, at the genesis, is big and fruitful and giant. Most things start small. So here's, we're just going to look at this verse today. 
is from Zechariah. It says, Do not despise this small beginning, for the eyes of the Lord rejoice to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. God has big plans for his people. He does. He has, from the beginning, partnered with us. And that is so giant to think that the God of the universe would partner with people. And so he partnered with Adam and Eve in the garden, walked with them um, in the cool of the day, and, and gave them jobs to do. And even when there was an undoing of the garden, we'll say, even when sin entered and that relationship was disrupted, we see God throughout Scripture partnering with his people again choosing a nation of people, sending his son to leave us to be the church. All throughout scripture, he partners with us. That is huge. That is a huge, giant purpose and plan that he has for us. But even though his plan is big and eternal, God rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices at the start. And so let's just look through I was reading through some, some articles this week and just thinking about all the ways we have an immeasurably big God, but he works through small beginnings. So just let's highlight a few of those. He made a promise to an old man and his barren wife. He chose the fewest of all people groups to work with. The kingdom of God is described as a tiny mustard seed. We're just going to read this verse, Matthew 13, 31. And he, he told them another parable. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in a field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds come and perch its branches. So he describes the kingdom of God as the tiniest seed. The Savior grew from an embryo in the womb. And Jesus chose 12 teenagers to start the church, just to, to spread his message. We can be tempted to think that smallness is a sign of God's displeasure with us. That something is wrong. He must not be in this. If God were really in this, then this would be bigger by now. I'd see more fruit. So it'd grow faster. It'd be more, more impressive. But that's not the example we see over and over in Scripture. It was, it's one man, one woman, one seed, one choice to obey. All small beginnings, small choices. And we become so easily discouraged when we start small with our things. Maybe it's like your first time really trying to share your faith and tell your story, and you're just like, ah, there's this tension, like, well, I'm not as good as so-and-so with witnessing or sharing my story. Don't, don't despise the start. Maybe your first time opening a small group or serving on a go team can be intimidating. You can think, ah, well, it's, I'm not like this person. Don't despise the small beginning. When you start to pay off debt, when you make, make that decision, you think, boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start tackling this debt in my life because I want to be financially free. Very few of us celebrate the start of paying off debt. You know, it's like, no, I, I'm going to celebrate when it's paid off. I'm going to celebrate when I get... No, no. Scripture says that God rejoices to see that you started. Yes, she made that little payment. And you can be like, oh, it's just a little tiny payment in this huge giant monster. It's not going to do... Ugh. God rejoices. 
He rejoices that you started. He doesn't despise the, the journey that you have in front of you, the mountain that you feel is in front of you. He rejoices that you began getting your body to a healthier place, going through surgery and having limited mobility and having to build back from that. These can be things that are discouraging, but God says, no, don't despise it. Don't despise starting over. Don't despise something new. For some of you in here, you're going to have to find a new rhythm in your family because you're getting ready to send out a child into the world. You have a graduate who's getting ready to move out. That, that's a new beginning for them and for you. You have to find a new rhythm in your home life. Um, whether someone's leaving the house, whether you're taking something in, a new baby, you're taking care of maybe elderly parents who've gone through a divorce. There are so many things that mark a starting over or a new beginning but we are encouraged to not despise it because the Lord smiles. He rejoices to see that we are beginning. Let's, let's continue in this verse. I'm going to read it again. Do not despise the small beginning, for the eyes of the Lord rejoice to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. So I brought a plumb line today. I think now they call it a plumb bob. I don't know. Here we go. Those in construction might be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't get irritated as I try to describe what this is. I don't use this in my daily life, just FYI. Uh, but this would be called a plumb bob. And this is used as a measuring tool. This is what, what part of what they would use with construction. And it's just a weight. It's very heavy. And it basically shows you what a straight line is. And so when you're framing a wall or whatever reason you might need a straight line, you would hang the plumb line, the plumb blob, uh, uh, blob, plumb bob, six or two threes, it's close enough. All right, um, you would hang it so that you could see what a straight line is. And so if you know, you're hanging it on your frame, you can measure, let's say, let's pretend it wasn't on a mic stand and it was really hanging, uh, and maybe we had the, the framing wall here. You can measure with the measuring tape and see, okay, at the top here, we've, we've just got half an inch, great. But let's say you get to the bottom, and let's say it's three inches space. Okay, well, I know then that that line is not straight. That wall, that framing wall, is not straight. And so not only does, the eyes of, does God rejoice to see that you've started, but he's rejoicing to see that you have the plumb line in hand, that you have the measuring stick, that you have a laser, a level, to make sure that you are doing the work accurately, carefully, that you're doing it right. And I want, to be, I want to be clear about this. This is not about perfection, okay? Because if you get caught in that trap of thinking, oh, no, i got to be perfect. God's, God's wanting me to have a make sure it's perfect. No, he's not wanting it to be perfect. This is more to do about making sure that you're desiring to do what honors God first. Making sure that you are putting him first, that you have the plumb line in hand. I'm making sure that my lines are straight, that what I'm doing is not crooked, that what I'm doing is not sloppy and rushed. Um, the Navy SEALs have a motto that, we, <laughs> that we've been using in our family, uh, mainly to help with homework time and things that we're like tempted to rush through, things that we don't like. And the line, uh, line that they have is they say, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. 
And if you think about this, it's so true. We've been trying to teach our girls and teach myself, instead of rushing through, we want to rush through the things we don't like. And so we'll rush through math homework because it's like, I hate it so much. And I'm crying. like, I hate it too. I thought I was done with this. And now I'm doing math again. So we're both sitting at the table crying. Uh, But, you know, there's this temptation that it's like, I'm just going to rush through my work and get it done fast. But fast is not fast. Smooth is fast, so you have to slow down. You don't want to make these decisions rushed because when you rush, you make mistakes. And if you have to go back and fix mistakes, it actually is slower. And so slow is smooth, and smooth actually ends up being fast because you make less mistakes. It's not that you won't make any mistakes, but you're going to make less mistakes if you slow down. And so that's um, really, I think, this what this verse is is showing us here, that God rejoices to see you start. Don't despise that beginning. He's happy to see you start it, and he's happy to see that you care about doing it right, that you care about putting his ways first. So we don't despise the plumb line. We don't despise the measuring stick that keeps us straight. I was going to use the example of mothers, because it's Mother's Day. Fathers, you do this too. But let's just honor mothers today because that's the holiday that it is. When you think about being a mother, when you become a mother, you don't despise that that baby doesn't come out walking and talking and doing algebra, right? You're not like, well, let's get it together, kid. Let's start providing for this family. No, no, no. You rejoice over this tiny, adorable beginning, You're so pleased with it. You're overjoyed. And suddenly your life becomes infiltrated by daily small tasks that get little to no praise. And things that are so monotonous, feeding, like feeding. You have to make three meals a day. That's always just like, again, it's already time to eat again. I just feel like, oh my gosh. Okay, the the laundry, it never stops. That's going to get dirty again. Just think, oh my gosh. Every day, small tasks that feel never-ending, that feel unimportant, homework that ends in tears, countless scrapes and injuries and petty arguments between siblings and friends, hours and hours of absorbing emotion, because that's what moms do. We contain the emotion, whatever emotion that little child comes to you with, anger, frustration, fear, joy. We say, yes, it's okay. Sometimes at the end of the day, I tell my husband, like, I, I can't absorb another emotion. Like, I, I can't take anything else in. That's what mothers do. And each day feels repetitive, and it can feel small and sometimes unexciting. But then one day, you send that child off into the world. And your job, as you've known it, has kind of come to an end in the way that you used to know it. And suddenly the daily, small, repetitive tasks seem so incredibly important. And you want them back. And you want to make sure that you did it right. And you're thinking, do they know not to wash whites with darks? (laughs) I don't know. Did I show them that? Did I make them do it? Do they know not to put dishwashing liquid in the dishwasher? Grace and I did that in college, or one of some, me and one roommate did that. It made a huge mess. It flooded our whole kitchen. Oh, I think it was, I don't know. <laughs> but suddenly you're like, did I do it? Did those small moments, those small repetitive things that felt so small, and let me tell you, it feels small until it's not. 
I know that seems so like, duh, but it's so true. In everything you're doing, the beginning that you're starting, the starting over that you might be doing, it feels like, gosh, this is so small. What am I doing? When is it? But listen, it's small until it's not. And you want to know that you did it right, that you had your plumb line in hand, that you put Christ first and made, make, made sure your lines are straight and not crooked. So I want to encourage you, if you're starting something new, if you're starting over, if you're wrestling again with something that maybe you thought, boy, I thought I was done with this, don't be discouraged. That's, that's my encouragement for you today. Do not be discouraged. God is pleased to see the work begin. I want to end with this thought, that we strive to be faithful rather than striving to look fruitful. And I, and I want to be very clear about this, because fruit is important. We see that in the Bible, that it's like we need to make sure that we bear much fruit, and it says, like, God's going to cut off the branches that don't bear fruit. Fruit matters, but that's not for us to strive for the looking fruitful part. The fruit, he, God determines the fruitfulness of us, but we have a part in that by being faithful. So we strive to be faithful. That means I'm striving to, to connect with God, to, to know that I'm living out of an abiding in God, that I'm living in God, that I'm putting him first, that I'm spending time in the word, I'm spending time in prayer, I'm making sure that my business dealings are honest, I'm making sure that I'm keeping up with forgiving and keeping clean accounts when, when I feel slighted or hurt or I, whatever the case may be. So we are responsible to be faithful and God is responsible for the fruit. There's, there's, um, there's nothing, oh, I shouldn't say there's nothing, but I, I understand this very well. I understand this principle very well. There's nothing I could do to make my body get pregnant. I was never able to get pregnant. And so I understand this concept that you don't, I can't, couldn't keep striving. I, there's nothing I could do, but I could be faithful. So I would encourage you, and whatever the thing is, you pursue faithfulness, and God determines fruitfulness. So am I being faithful to use and care what he's given me? Am I being faithful in prayer? Am I being faithful to the commitments I've already made to people, to my spouse, to my family, to this church, to my community? It might seem like a small thing, but listen, if the plumb line is off, if, if this wall is slanted, even the smallest amount, by the end of the job, you could be a whole foot off. It, it does matter. And so I want to just say quickly before we close that, the, that you don't use the inverse as proof that your plumb line is right. So you don't say, look at all this fruit, so, you know, things must be well. Because listen, you can make a lot of money in business by being dishonest. Okay, so fruit is not always a sign that, like, God's blessing you. You can manufacture ways. You, you can I think of a, you could have a billion-dollar house. Do you spend all this money on the fruit looks amazing? Everyone's like, wow, look at this house. Look at this. But if the foundation is weak, well, hope doesn't flood. Hope it's a good hurricane season. Think about a story David told me. Um, there was someone they went out to check. He works, in, he owns a business for windows and doors. He went out to a house that wasn't a client of theirs, but these people had imported interior doors for a humongous house. They imported it from uh, overseas somewhere. Um, 
South, somewhere in South America. And they wanted these particular doors, so they import these doors. Oh, they look beautiful, they're amazing. Didn't know that there was a, like a wood-eating beetle inside these amazing fancy doors that started to eat all the wood in this beautiful, huge house. So you can't just point to the fruit and say, look what I have. Sometimes you need to know where the plumb line is. Am I being faithful? Or is there a wood-eating beetle that's going to eat up the efforts I'm doing? Because the plumb line isn't straight. I want to spend the rest of this time in prayer. So if we all could stand. I'm going to take a few minutes. Because there's, there's, several, there's several areas you could be in maybe with this. So maybe you're thinking, look, I've been doing the small thing for years. <laughs> I've been doing the small thing and I do feel I've been faithful and I do feel like I've been using the plumb line. I do feel like I've been using the levels and making sure I'm being faithful. When is it my time to see more fruit? When is it my time to see this thing explode? Here's my answer is that I can't answer that. I don't know, but I do know that God is not at all interested in my idea of what success is and what my idea of fruit is. He's not interested in that. His ways are beyond my ways. He's looking for faithfulness. And maybe it feels like a small comfort, meaning not much comfort at all. just to say, I don't know when it's coming, but he's pleased that you're faithful. You know, the servants who were using the talents, and one only had one, and one had a hundred. He wasn't saying, like, oh, good and fruitful servant. He said, good and faithful servants. Who was using what God had given them? Who was being faithful with what they had? And so I want to encourage you, if you're like, man, I'm think I'm being faithful. (laughs) I think my lines are straight. I just am ready for this thing to get going. I just want to encourage you, don't despise the spot you've been in. God sees you, he cares, and he rejoices to see you be faithful. Don't give up. Don't give up. I didn't understand why we couldn't start a family. I didn't understand it, but I do now. And I feel no lack with my daughters. The joy is unending. And it does change the picture when you look back and see what God is doing, but you can't see it in the moment. You just have to be faithful. So you might be in a different place emotionally. Maybe you're excited. Maybe your new beginning is exciting. And we're excited with you. So, so take that new beginning. Those of you that are graduating and, and starting off into the world, we are behind you. And we're proud of the people you're becoming. And we will support you. We have your back. So we're excited for your new beginning. Those that... Maybe are frustrated they're back at a beginning they didn't think they'd be at. 
Christ is in it with you. He's there. He came down as a man and suffered and went through what we went through so he could say, I'm right here. I understand. Imagine being the God of the universe and having to start as a baby. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you encourage us, that you don't expect us to have to prove how fruitful we are. And every moment doesn't have to be big and better than the next. And you rejoice when the work begins. You rejoice to know that we're being faithful to draw straight lines. Father, I pray your encouragement to your people right now. For those that are frustrated, for those that are depressed and discouraged, Holy Spirit, fill them now with your presence, your peace. My words don't matter. What, 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 who am I? God, they need you. Fill them now with your presence. Speak to them, God. I pray that they would feel how proud you are of them as their children. That you're okay with us smarting, starting small. You're okay with us taking baby toddler steps. You rejoice at every little thing as we grow. And Father, for those that have been stuck and feel stuck at a new beginning, have been faithful and are just waiting and waiting for the next season to come, God, we pray right now as a congregation together, we pray for those people, God. We ask that you would bring in the next season, that you would take them to the next place for the job they've been waiting for, for the families to start, for the adoptions to go through. God, what, those that have been waiting, God, we pray that you would move. We know that we remain faithful even if it doesn't happen in our timeline, but we pray and we ask that those new doors would open, that those new beginnings would start. In the name of Jesus, amen.